This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome to Conversations with the Voice of Reason. I'm your host, Benjamin Boyce, and today's conversant is returning guest Xi Van Fleet, who is a Chinese immigrant to America and the author of Mao's America, which details her experience in communist China and how the American elite are following in the same footsteps as the elite in China over the past hundred years or so. In this conversation, we talk about those similarities and how it is Americans' responsibility to keep America free. And how do we do that? But by exercising our natural rights of freedom of association, freedom of thought, and freedom of speech. Xi is a wonderful firecracker of a woman. Definitely check out her work, links to which are down there in the description. Without further ado, here is Xi Van Fleet. I'm sorry I missed you yesterday. We, we ended up Way no problem. No like problem. That. Absolutely. Now I know that you're on vacation. At first, I thought you lived there. I said, "Well, okay." For some yeah. reason, I don't know anyone. I have nobody interviewed me from Hawaii. So, <laughs> well, you're only the second person I've interviewed in Hawaii. So, there we go. <laughs> but, we're, in, yeah, we're both but, new. But at not, this. you're not a Hawaiian. No. Yeah, anyway, there's a, actually that that structure behind me is the that's where the rainwater is collected, and then they. They, it goes through a filter, a couple of filters and stuff. So all the it's, water's on site. And that's what it's that huge. Is. Yeah, it's big. It's, yeah. So you wanted to go deeper. You you want this. Uh, or fresh, as you said, fresh. fresh. Uh, yeah. You know, rather than where, you know, oh, tell me about, so, you know, what happened to you when, you know, you were there. I can't t- tell the whole thing because uh, there's no point. So it ended up, the, oh, I was in school. I witnessed one, two, three, and then I went to countryside. I, I don't know, but it's, it's all good. But, uh, you know, with you, I'd rather do something uh, yeah. different than last time. Well, and, oh, uh, I have and, a you... couple of questions just came to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that they would be broad enough for you to go wherever you want with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might help to also understand the meaning or the significance or the intention of your book, Mouse America. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it's it, it's two questions, like, and maybe there's three questions, but what does it mean to be an American? And what does it mean to be Chinese? And what does it mean to be communist? Those are three oh, different wow, identities. That's a little, okay, that's a little, yeah, but I, I hope this is not a monologue. You you can you can kind of help me out because that's a huge question. Those are huge questions and I haven't really gave that much thought, but I can talk about it, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So which is more important to you? Being Chinese, um, being not communist anymore, or being an American? Like, is there an order to that? Oh, that I'd rather talk about or I, I believe in? Or, uh, I'm or sorry. I took... who, like, like, when you d- think of yourself, what you are, if you do that. I th- yeah, I think of, my, I think of my, myself as a, as a free person, free man, free woman, and that is being American. Okay. Yeah. And what, so... How did you come to that? To, okay, to yeah, there is a process. Yeah, that is called a simulation, and which that the left want to get rid of it. 
And uh, so, so becoming America is really my journey. And that why I talk about that in my um, first um, and uh, third chapter. And uh, um, and it's barely third chapter, and not in detail because it's not about me. This is about the parallels. But I talk about the uh, the uh, the journey of becoming America. And what is that for you? What has that been? What is that is a, a really to have to understand um, what the freedom means uh, to me and uh, how we have freedom here. Um, and that's first question: what the freedom uh, to a person? Because a lot of people come here, they they have no idea about what they don't ask the question. What the freedom is? I have a conversation with my one of my best friend about this freedom, and uh, we have the similar experience. She's Chinese, I'm Chinese. Uh, we, we came here, whatever. So when one day we talk about uh, the lack of freedom and lack of freedom in America, uh, in China, she said, "I uh, I said we can't speak, uh, we can't speak the truth, we can't talk." Um, and then she said, "I never had the desire. I have nothing to say." So she was fine. She was fine of not having that freedom. So there's a lot of people like that. And it's not like a, there's a lot of people, especially unassimilated immigrants. Mm-hmm. A lot of Americans don't know what the freedom is. They don't know until they lose it. Okay. And which we're in the process of losing it. Yeah. So was that a shock to you to find that you could be free when you discovered the concept? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's not an event. It's a process. Okay. It's a process. Okay. We're having a great conversation right now, but hopefully we'll get to it. Because to be free, you have to be able to think. And when you come from a a system that you did not know, you could not think. And that's what happened to me. And, uh, uh, And some people just get used to it. You just don't think. You just... uh, um, you 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 take whatever given to you. Um, in China, it's the media and it's the education system controlled by CCP, and here it's controlled by the regime. And people don't same thing. People don't think about it. They just and to be able to to be an independent thinker, that's real freedom is I think, and to be able to to believe in it and practice it rather than just think and then. The, fear of uh, saying it aloud and also uh, uh, pursue it. And uh, it's it, it also the, uh, the the problem nowadays. A lot of people, they can still think independently, but they dare not to challenge the lies that they were told. So it's not enough to just have the option to have free thought. You have to exercise it in order exercise to, the word. In order to prove yeah. that it's still there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And resist the lie. Not just resist, you have to have the courage to challenge it. And uh, and, and and that's how we keep our freedom. If we all think independently, we all dare not to challenge the lies and then we follow and we obey the, uh, the, um, uh, the authoritarianism. And then it doesn't matter. You have to Come here first. You have to exercise. I love the word. I always yeah. lack of the best word when I. <laughs> well, it's your second language, so I'm sure you know the the Chinese word that you'd be. I loosened for. the Chinese 
and are not getting the English. That's oh, no. <laughs> best of both, worst, worst of both worlds. <laughs> so, just I think it's important for for us as Americans, natural um, born Americans, to really understand the value of something like freedom and how necessary it is because. You do see, you pursue your career. I'm just going to make up an example. You pursue your career as a uh, educator and, mm -hmm. or as a psychologist. Actually, more and more professional um, jobs are routed through variations of HR, where there is ideological training and compliance mm -hmm. yeah. they have to do with regard to diversity, okay. equity, and inclusion. Because, uh, And on the veneer of that is a sense of wanting to be equal. Mm -hmm. Wanting to provide everybody with the equal opportunity and wanting to be fair. Fairness is another value. Freedom doesn't mm -hmm. exist in the vacuum. It exists in yeah. balance with these other yeah. values. And so the professional different systems, if you want to become a psychologist, you have to go through the training and the training is becoming more and more ideological, more and more moral. And as you fit yourself into that box of being a psychologist, you have to go through these different loops and you have to speak the certain words, whether you disagree with them or not, or agree with them mm -hmm. or don't even care. You still have to go through and make those, those, uh, you know, make those signs on the wall in order to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of this team. I'm a part of the club. I'm a good American. And so we can see that the, uh, these different professional organizations are being captured or have been captured and we can see that there are dissidents that pop out and or whistleblowers that come and they stand up. But it, it's really showing that society, our, our American society, is really more and more homogenous, more and more um, in lockstep with the regimes or with this one blanket moral code of diversity, yeah. equity, and inclusion, or yeah. equality and fairness. And mm -hmm. that people are sacrificing, maybe they're sacrificing their freedom, maybe they're not sacrificing their freedom. But if that's the state, I think it would be really instructive. And I think that's why your work, your voice and your book are so important, and valuable right now, because they can give us an opportunity to see what it's like to have freedom not available. Something that we might take for granted is something that you find very valuable and something that you want to preserve and you want to fight for. And you're putting yourself, you're throwing yourself into the fight for this. So what, what was it like to realize, what is this, could you just map that journey if it's not a stale journey, you've already talked about it a thousand times, but realizing like that you can think for yourself, you can speak from your own conscience rather, conscience rather than according to a collective yeah, conscience. I, I think there's something else. And I, I, I hope we're not going to go for uh, um, philosophical. And I'm not, I'm not going okay. to be ready to. But also, I think this value system, this value system that you have to adopt, the freedom is part of that value system, where it's from. It's rooted in Christianity. And uh, so why we can, you know, why there's no, um, there's no moral camp compass grew up in China because we, it's rooted in, uh, in uh, um, it's all uh, uh, religion is all wiped out. So it's really rooted in communism. Communism has no moral uh, foundation. It's all depend on the power. So they, they, they ride around all determined by those in power. And so, so we were told to do this and that. And then we, 
the, it's obviously wrong, but if the party said that is right, you just do it because we have no our moral foundation, which is you know in in Chinese society, it's a confusion that's been destroyed, and so here the same thing. So why you know the uh, HR the the hijacked the the the, the moral uh, guidance for the uh, profession is because they destroyed Christianity. Uh, 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 really, you know, uh, what is uh, equality? Equality, you know, is, is uh, equal in God's eye. And then we uh, we practice it as uh, the equal opportunity. They twist it and then sub substitute it with equity, which is Marxism, which is, you know, the result of... Uh, yeah. um, which is equalization, the, not equality. Yeah. So, but once you, once you lose that moral foundation, which is Christianity, which has been under attack, for decades, and you you lose the way to judge, and then you say, okay, equity sounds good, and then but if you understand what equality is and where it's from, and then you can judge it. You can say, no, no, it's not right. Um, we this country is not built so that everyone has the same same stuff or the same result, the same same car, same everything. No, it's we are all equal in God's eye. And you can be a million billionaire, and you are not any more valuable in God's eyes than I, who have just or, or just ordinary, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the uh, the foundation of this uh, this uh, country, and that's why I made it so great. Is is part of your journey of assimilation a uh, finding of a deeper moral foundation? A I deeper think religious so. Truth? I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian. Okay. But but I am I, I I guess I can call myself a cultural Christian, and I talk to a lot of people who grown growing up uh, Christian, and I don't know I oh, your face I don't know whether you are um, uh, a Christian or not but I I know a lot of Ch uh, Americans who grew up Christian because they just go to church and then and then they 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 later they say they're not Christian but I ask them when you say what's right what's wrong and they're conservative. Where are you, um, uh, the value system from? It's from Christianity. It's the same as our founding fathers. A lot of them don't, did not claim themselves Christian, but their moral foundation is rooted in Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. In your, in your journey, just on your personal level, um, escaping that, the communist or the Maoist moral value, which is always dictated by some sort of government, either individual government, or agency, exactly. yeah. whoever's in power, mm -hmm. coming to America or escaping that or fleeing or leaving that system. How did you find your, what was the journey of you finding a transcendent moral framework, something that was greater than what you were told to think? Like, where did you start to, grow as a person into finding your moral compass i i if we go there it will be difficult i i did describe it a little bit in my book and i i think it's a really long process and last time you did i did uh talk to you about uh detoxation uh, detox um detox of my mind and so there's a lot of things that were just there, and I did not even realize it was wrong until it was challenged. And uh, so it was the process. And of course, um, and I, I do uh, 
uh, credit to my husband. He's American, and just through kind of a uh, everyday interaction, and sometimes uh, issues come up, and I have to argue with him. And then I feel like uh, you know, uh, quite a few times, I, I, but I don't remember the detail. Um, and I can't, I can't argue, I can't argue back. And because my and value system was not challenged, if I don't think, if I don't. Um, I, I don't discuss with other people. Yeah. So and that so, the, pro, the 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 act of being or the practice of engaging in argument and discussion, being challenged, yeah. that opened uh -huh. your mind that that allowed you to see parts of your yes. assumptions that hadn't been thought through. Yeah, okay. that is. I, I have coworkers and uh, and uh, and we we were talk and uh, and then. We talk so much that we eventually make it like a lunch time, like a debate time. Oh. And uh, and uh, <laughs> in the past, you know, I quit my job two years ago. Um, but for like a years, and that's just I just love it. And uh, hmm. so I think a simulation. We can't. Uh, we we can't. You know, if you're young, you uh, you come here. You know, with your parents, you go to public school. In old days, public school teaches it's just little things here and there and then eventually you're absorbed into the uh, the culture and that culture is american culture and uh, so you become american that's in that in that way but being adults and being first uh generation and you have to actually uh, you have to almost take the initiative yourself no one is coming over and assimilate you you have to want to be simulated i want to become american and why so, then? Why, why? Why? What is the? Why is it important to become American? Yeah, because I know I'm I I I am free, and that's why I describe my uh, um my uh, journey to America and how hard it was to get my visa. And when once I leave um the uh, uh the country, I leave China. The moment I will never forget, and that is like leaving a prison. So I know I'm free, but. Even I'm free. What freedom means, and why it, it we have freedom, and that is the process of uh, assimilation. I want to be American, but I did not know how. I don't know what it means to be American. Yeah. So what what you're pointing to is that freedom of speech is really important in order to have freedom of thought. You have to be able to discuss ideas to turn yes. them around. So any system that enforces a rigid belief system or you have to think this way or you can't think that way is mm. already not American. Yes, yes. And also in China, you don't want to engage with people in deep discussion because the uh, throughout the uh, um, the communist rule, they absolutely made this something very dangerous to exchange uh, idea, uh, ideas with uh, uh, with uh, your fellow countrymen because they're supposedly if you say something wrong you're afraid that they will report you and that happened especially in the cultural revolution that the uh, um, everyone turned against each other because we we're all asked to really um, catch all the counter revolutionaries that means someone said something that is not in line with what party said is right, 
or uh, some someone express any doubt, or someone just ex- says something that's so innocent but can be interpreted as counter-revolutionary. You report them and you see what happened to them. They are either sent to the uh, um, um, labor reform camp or gulags, or some get executed. So everyone regard everyone else as potential uh, snitchers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and especially even your spouse. And there are so many stories of spouse turning each other in. And so Jeez. parents, you know, like, like my parents, I never discussed politics with them. Never, ever. And yeah. uh, because they would not do that. And they knew the danger of doing it. And the children would turn uh, turn against the, uh, the their parents. So the power of this authoritarian state disrupted the connection between individuals. Yeah. And the connection between individuals, if it's to be, let's say, authentic in the real sense, not in the current sense, it should, in order for it to be authentic, it needs to be open and free. You need to be able to express your thoughts. You need to be able to be wrong You or rude. Yeah. Or not uh, communist or not woke or not progressive or not a part of the regime. You need to be able to do that in order for that real exchange, not just of yes. ideas, but of your humanity to share yes. your family, to know yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. And so in China, there is a very common uh, expression. So-and-so made mistake. It is the equivalent of so-and-so committed crime, making mistake in the uh, CCP's terminology is committed a political crime. Okay. So you yeah. are so afraid of making mistakes. And how do you do that? You shut up. Yeah. You don't yeah. say anything. If you say something, you make sure that is the right thing to say. So in China, in CCP, uh, peace China, not China itself, but in CCP's China, in communist countries, people tell lies because they know that that's how they keep themselves safe. It's safer to tell lies, but you don't know when that lie is going to be a mistake, right? Yes. You go along with the party line, but it might change. It might change. It might change just overnight. So even if you praise the party, if you praise the party the wrong time, it can't be a crime. It can't be a mistake. Yeah. So that is the uh, the real harm. You know, people say you know, communism. You know, it's all about a private um, a abolition of a private property. You know, yeah. they, they they want to get your stuff and uh, and whatever. It's an economic system. I think the worst thing about communism is the abolition of private ownership of your thought. Yeah, your you first think. and foremost property is your your conscience, basically. Yeah, yeah, yes. and you're outsourcing that. That's what's being taken from you. Yeah, which is more uh, damaging to the it's human more damaging. than just having to share you know, some a, a, a different economic economic system where everybody's kind of roughly kept equal. Yeah, through a I, I think it's absolutely more. Uh, it's the evilest system ever created. 
And I tweeted, I think the day before or yesterday, um, mm. there was a discussion in in X, uh, X about the difference between uh, fascism and communism. So I tweeted that uh, uh, the difference is, or main difference is that uh, the government or the state says two plus two is five. In the fascist country, you just have to grade. You have no choice. It's okay, okay. But in a communist country, you have to believe it. You have have to believe it. And they have all sorts of uh, um, um, ways for you to eventually absolutely believe it. Okay. And that's called thought reform. That every person, no matter you are the enemy of the state, or you are the communist party, or you are the communist party leader, we have to go through that process. And it is a process of a lifetime. You never get it down because you always, always watch what you think. Make sure it is absolutely in line with the party and you have to believe it. Yeah. there. Uh, I just want to bring up something from Twitter slash X that I saw yesterday <laughs> where there's this uh, very uh, rather successful YouTuber called philosophy tube or abigail thorne they transitioned a few uh years ago from hmm. male to a trans woman and they wrote on the first day of this year uh which is the day before yesterday i'm a little i'm on kind of vacation so i don't know what day it is but yeah. um, they said let's make 2024 the the year transphobia has consequences i think we've been patient enough so whether it's in politics journalism entertainment or anything else Let's make transphobia a career-ending move. Now, yeah. it was really interesting about that tweet that they think that politics, journalism, and entertainment are the most important things because it is about how we think. And we need That's to control, control. people. Have... Come... Yeah. And so yeah. it's whether or not uh, the whole issue of gender or transition that's that's one whole discussion, but that somebody is going to say, you can no longer question yeah. This. You can yeah. no longer believe your eyes or your ears. Mm -hmm. You have to believe what we tell you to believe through politics, yeah. journalism, education, and all that. Yeah. It's, 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 I called it, I, I made fun of it on Twitter. I said it's lipstick communism because yeah. it, it's it, it not is, just absolutely. about enforcing, yeah. but it's, you have, it's enforcing something that is internal to you. Yeah. And uh, actually, someone um, commented on my tweet. And, uh, and then just changed it. They said, the state says uh, trans woman is a woman. And in the fascist state, you said, okay, I said, in a communist state, you have to believe it. You absolutely have to believe it. If you don't, something is wrong with you, you have to take that uh, thought reform process to really find out why you don't believe it. You got to believe it eventually. Like a you know like a uh, uh, nineteen forty uh, four uh, eighty four right yeah. eventually yeah. you believe it. So why? So from um, my point of view, I think that it you you call it evil. I I think it it's just it's not stable and it's not real and it's enforcing falseness, which basically is evil. But that that term evil is a little it's got a lot of storytelling power to it. So I want to treat it lightly. But from my point of view, it's just not stable. Like you can't actually make this thing keep on working but in china 
it's been able to run. So we can't just say in America, we can say, oh, they'll grow out of it. Like this is going to fall apart. Of course, a, a man can't be a woman. A woman can't be a man, just for example. But for some, but if you look at China, once this system of thought control took root, it's been able to perpetuate. Power somehow has been able to stabilize. Why would it not be able to do that in America? Like, how does how does it how is it stable if it's not connected to it's the not truth? stable? It's not because okay. uh, that is the story of the Great Leap Forward. I think more and more Americans have heard about it, and it took place in the late. 1950s, the Mao came up with this grand plan. Okay, this this five year plan. The, the plan Green is New that. Eel. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. Anyway, Chinese, every one of them will be mobilized to do one thing: to make steel, so that we can pass the steel production and and of uh, UK and America and in a few years. And why not? We have this. We have uh, a back thing. It's like a six hundred million. Yeah, we mobilize everybody, even the kids, even the peasants, even um, the cadres and whatever, to do one thing: to uh, to make steel. Everyone knew it was kind of crazy, but everyone went along, and uh, because that's the party order. So even within the party, many people. Later, they they revealed they knew this was kind of crazy. So they have uh, uh, back uh, backyard furnaces uh, set up everywhere in the in the countryside in, in town, and uh, and then everyone was engaged in uh, steel production. And by what? By burning wood, by turn uh, getting everything metal in your whole household, and then just throw it in and burn into useless junk. Hmm. And then what's the result? The result was the Great Famine that starved to death up to 50, uh, uh, 50 million Chinese. Yeah. But, so they, so all, they all, yeah, end up like a total disaster. Yes, but Mao still somehow maintains Survive. power. The, the party somehow survives, Survive. even through yes. like this huge mistake. Yeah. Some re somehow the, the party's stable enough or... Yeah. Because they had they had the power, they were able to yeah to survive with that kind of a so-called mistake, and then yeah. later they just say it's a mistake. Yeah, their huh. mistake together. So when they make a mistake, you have to forgive them. But if you make a mistake, yeah, yeah, to exactly. the camp, it's just like here, same thing. The government can make uh, and they have a policy. Oh, the policy did not work out. So. Tough. If you are the victim of their policy, well, sorry, yeah. same thing. Yeah, but if you're in the oh. wrong protest, protesting the wrong thing, you'll be in prison. But if you're yeah. in the protest, protesting the right thing, the right no matter thing. how much damage you do, we'll we'll bail you out. That's the something. That's the reason I wrote that book. I'm not. I did not write that book just to say what happened in China. You know, 50 years ago, uh, while I was there, you know, whatever. No. And I think that is the problem with a lot of, it's not the problem. That is um, the uh, fact that many people read about um, what happened in the history books of what happened in the communist country. And then they were horrified and all that. And they think it's unfortunate. It happened over there, right? Over there in another time. And then you put the book aside and you forget it. But it is here. 
And that's why I wrote that book, to call out the parallels. Everything that we said and, and that I talked about uh, happening in China is happening here, yeah. even though it is not an exact repeat. And that's another mistake a lot of people are making. Now, when we say history repeating, I said, what are you talking about? There's no Mao in China. Where is the dictator Mao? It's Trump. You know, they can't find one. So that's, uh, they, 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 they look for certain things and then try to match it exactly in order to call it history repeating. So Mark Twain said it the best. It doesn't repeat. It rhymes. Yeah. And so if... What is what is the model of resisting the authoritarian Maoist tendency of our regime? From your point of view, what are what are the key daily practices or exercises for the most amount of individuals to enact that will forestall or change the direction of what you see as a Maoist America? Yeah, I would say that uh, in China, people say. How could Chinese put up with all that BS? They have no power. They have no power. By the time they realize all this was absolutely uh, um, a scam, it was too late. Their guns were confiscated. They're disarmed. They absolutely have no power to resist. And even though there's a lot of... Uh, an, now I'm still learning the history. There are a lot of recorded uprisings, small-scale uprisings here, a lot of them. But really, it did not uh, do much to overthrow the system. Uh, I'm talking about the past 75 years. Yeah. Oh, okay, so in China, that is where we're going. We still have the chance to fight back. And that's why we have to seize the moment. We have to resist. Yes, it is difficult. It is dangerous to speak up. You may lose your job. You may lose your reputation. You may lose your uh, status as an influencer or whatever. You may be canceled. Yeah. But if we don't do it now, yeah, it's all gone. By the time you really want, especially those who are on the other side, thinking they are the winners. No one will be the win. No one will be the winners except those in power. Even those who end up getting the power and become the ruler, they are not safe either. They're going to fight because their power was getting. They got their power illegitimately, and they are going to continue to fight, which um, played out in every communist country, the infight within the power structure is yeah. never, never um, over. It's always, yeah. the purge is just, just never stop. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. now, yes, it is risky. And uh, by the way, I, I tell people, okay, if you think nowadays, it's kind of a, I don't want people to think that I do this and that, or I think this way, that way. Okay. And you don't want to go to school board to speak uh, for your uh, kids because you might lose your job, which happened. It happened. that certain uh, parents that I know, and then they were reported. Um, someone reported to their employer and said they're racist. And some of them uh, lost their jobs. But if we don't do it now, 
if later you want to speak up for your children, you go to jail or you go to uh, um, um, execution site. And, and then that is the, the absolute where we're going. So people have to understand it. Yeah. I was there. I witnessed it. Yeah. So if you, if you look at, it's, 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 it's marvelous, this, this system, this communist system, whatever this is, this ideology, it's marvelous that it can still perpetuate within halls of power. It can still somehow in China keep on going and going, even though still it's really unstable. There's all this infighting because like their highest, I guess what they worship or their God in, in a metaphorical sense is power itself is power is, is worshiping that which can correct things, the, the experts, the system, the power, and whoever is, and so everybody's seeking that, it destabilizes it, the system on all these different ways. So we need a, we need a better value system, a better transcendent ideal, whatever that would be. I guess you're saying freedom is a part of that ideal. So, you, but you have to exercise freedom, but also there needs to be like some sort of positive value other than just power. People who seek power, are always going to be there. People are always going to be ambitious and seeking power. So I guess communism runs on that ambition for power, and that's why it can keep on refreshing itself, even though it keeps on cutting off people's heads and tongues, um, because it, it's hijacking people's desire for power. I'm I'm trying to formulate a question, but I'm also like just I'm speaking out loud to try to think through. The resistance isn't just speaking out; it's also living a value system or trying to put people with certain values in charge, right? Yes, and uh, yeah, I think it's kind of a, um, I don't know what your question is, but I, I think I know what you're talking about. And I think that uh, it is not just speaking out exactly, but it, it, is, uh, it is important to understand what you are supporting or what you are not. And so many people believe in the woke and the, the, the easiest way we can cause woke ideologies. Why? Because it sounds so good. Absolutely sounds so wonderful. And that is the uh, the um the thing that a lot of people don't understand of communism. Communism is so evil, yet it come up with the uh, um the uh, um, the slogans and then the uh, the narrative is so good. And I, I actually, the more I give it, um, the more I give thought to it, the more I realize because communism was built as a mirror image of Christianity. It's the opposite, but it's very, very similar. Huh. Equality, equity. Okay. To love the sinner, but not the uh, not the sin. Now is to love the sin, right? So all the things that uh, they talk about is very very familiar for people. It's not something uh, strange, and it sounds so good. And and also communism is not absolute lie. It is lie sprinkled with truth. They never really just uh, just totally like an absolute hundred percent lie. There's mm -hmm. always some kind of a truth in it. So it sounds just really good, and that's why it's so deceptive, and that's why so many people fall for it. So I think to speak up is you have to even understand it. 
And you know it is kind of wrong, but you have to understand um, how to argue back. And I think that is a, a lot of uh, uh, the problem we have. And a lot of people don't have the language. Mm -hmm. And also language is so corrupted, right? The language has been absolutely weaponized and corrupted. We don't have even the um, conservatives don't have the language, the narrative to fight back. Yeah. Well, that's, that would that would be the the natural question that I'm thinking of is that what is and it was where we began. Like, what is that American as somebody who assimilated into America? Describe America to an American who just it was the water. I'm watching it kind of flee from me, but it was all these assumptions that I made. Like you coming into it, what is it that I should be fighting for? What is it that you're fighting for? What is that? What is the message? the content, the story? Um, for me, I know, I know they are lie because uh, I was there. And so uh, what I want to tell people is that these are lies and this will be the result. And we start to see some result, but it will take us uh, a while to get to where I came from. But this, the problem is, if we wait until they, everyone sees the result that I'm warning them about, it will be too late. It will be too late. So they're saying, you know, um, the equity. Do you know what equity looks like? So I try to tell them, I was there. And the equity looks like that we all brought down to the lowest level and we all lose everything, um, uh, not just, um, the uh, um, the wealth because communist communism cannot create wealth after they redistribute everything and then it's all gone so we all live share the equity of misery of poverty and of oppression and that's why I try to tell them the story what happened what will happen and the stories are everywhere not just China you know Cuba yeah. you know Soviet Union and yeah. uh, that's kind of hard to get to. They don't understand what's the next step. So I really want more and more people who lived through communism to really share their story. We were there, the next step. We were there. And that's exactly where, where we're going. I don't know whether I answered your question. No. Um, no, no, it's a very good point. Today, the um, or last night, it's, it's really interesting because once you start to understand the pattern of what you're describing and you call Mao's America, you can see it as a way to understand why the regime or this collection of media, entertainment, education, and politics are all kind of working the same way or working in lockstep because they are all kind of subscribing to the same ideology, this this kind of this centralized communist-ish, American communist, American Maoist ideology. So last night or early this morning, the Associated Press released an article about the resignation of Harvard's president, uh, Claudine Gay, and said mm -hmm. that the, uh, the latest weapon of conservatives is plagiarism. I know, I saw that. Yeah. Isn't that so, insane? So yeah. what the what the uh, regime is doing is they are giving every value like standards. Mm -hmm. That's a right wing mm -hmm. dog whistle. 
telling the truth, being honest, owning your own work, having your own ideas. All those things are, are right wing. They're not a part of the regime. The regime doesn't believe in plagiarism. It believes in power. It believes in this yeah. person is a protected person, and we will use her race when it's appropriate. When it's not appropriate, we won't use her race. We yeah. will we will cede any value. There's no consistency in value other than keeping the regime in lockstep. So for some reason, we will never know, Claudine Gay was really instrumental to the regime. And so the regime's having this reaction that's exposing itself as not having standards. Yeah. Or all of and its also, standards are in lockstep with this equity goal or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And when I saw that, it was it was amazing that you know, they really exposed themselves. But also, the um, the re, uh, re, uh, resignation of uh, of uh, gay is not it's not about her, right? It's about how the regime the regime was exposed, and that's why they're so upset. And uh, so, and 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 that's the thing that you, uh, when you get there. You know, what you thought was right become wrong. What you thought was wrong become right. It's all dependent on whether it is useful for the uh, regime. Yeah. That's so, what we talked about earlier. So you, you think you repeat the lie, and then the, overnight the lie becomes the wrong thing to repeat. So, <laughs> so anyway. Huh. It's, yeah. It's, and so, that was yeah. a great uh, tweet. I, I, it... it it, it's easy. Oh, there's this internet term called being blackpilled, where you're mm -hmm. just hopeless, like the whole thing's lost. How do you, and I think that in the core of your message, I sense like this optimism. There's this um, almost a, like a part of America to you is optimism. I, I'm, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but mm -hmm. I, I don't see the values that you're championing working without an optimistic, positive demeanor, positive stance, um, even if it's rebellious and, and reactive to certain things, it's still, it's a positive assertion of some positive value. How do you, how have you kept from being overwhelmed with uh, despair or hopelessness because things are going so far and they have gone so far? What causes, what keeps you plucky? Yeah, <laughs> that is a great question because people ask me, uh, about that a lot. I think the answer is, I know what is coming if we don't fight back. And I told everyone, I'm not courageous. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone with uh, such courage. I just don't want to live under communism again. Hmm. I will fight with all my might to stop it. That's it. So if people really understand what's really coming up, everyone, including the left, they will resist. They will join the fight. But people don't know. That's what I'm trying to do, to wake them up. Yeah. It's not acceptable for me to live through communism and in my first 26 years and, and made my way to freedom and to lose it. And this time, there's nowhere else for me to go. And there's no place for all Americans to go. This is it. <laughs> so I don't have the luxury to think, oh, maybe I give it up, maybe I can win. I have to fight. I have to fight until I'm the only the last one left. I will be there fighting. 
because mm. I know what's coming and what it is like to live under a totalitarianism. Yeah. And the alternative, what does the alternative look like? I don't see us dismantling the federal government. I don't see us dismantling Harvard. They have infinite resources. Do you think it's possible to change their values or to pressure them to realign themselves to the values of freedom, this this apparatus? It's kind of an abstract question, but how do we put pressure on the this the state that's going in this direction, that's already going in this direction? Yeah, I know how to do exact how to do is a very big question. And I think the first thing we need to do is take back our school. We should stop the indoctrination of even more future generations. We already lost so many of them. And uh, and I really, really appreciate what uh, Christopher Rufo has been doing. He single-handedly take down Accordion uh, Day. Yeah. And uh, so that's what we have to focus, because it's not about her. It's about the, uh, uh, the regime. And yeah. we have to do one at a time. Focus on it, absolutely. Um, uh, what was pick it and uh, uh, freeze it? And uh, uh, what's the? Uh, I just tweeted today the Alinsky's uh, rule for the radical and personalize it and polarize it and take down one symbol at a time. And that's how we get rid uh, get rid of fight back and get rid of the uh, DEI. Okay. Do you do you think that the regime? will adapt to that or like if you cut like okay so there's there's a metaphor in in my culture where you, the, the, every time you cut off a head another head just springs forth or two heads spring forth uh, so if if we keep on do you think that cutting off the heads will eventually teach the body to go in a different direction right? no i i think i think really the first thing the most important thing is to get back to school is education to get back to school okay yeah so we no longer have uh, um, the indoctrination of the children, and uh, and that's the first thing. And those you know um, uh, who are already you know really become uh, uh, committed to the cause, uh, I don't know how how to change their mind. But we have to uh, take it uh, in in the institutional level. At least um, we should ban DEI. All the DEI uh, offices, we should, at least I, that's what I have been um, calling them. They're commissars. They're absolutely party branches, the equivalent of CCP's party branches in every institution. That's what they are. And we have to expose them to make DEI such a toxic word, toxic term that people realize those people, when you say you work for DEI, when you say you're HR and you're implementing DEI, people will associated with communists and mm. with, uh, you know, the uh, um, um, absolutely the uh, uh, commissar, absolutely put that in their mind. And then we have to take, we have to get that out of the structure. And then, but to get rid of the ideology, that will be a long term fight because it took them how many decades, it took them more than a, really a hundred years to start in the thirties. Yeah. Get, it's about 100 years and to get uh, where we're today. So it will take a long time for us to uh, to get rid of them. And we'll we will never get rid of them. 
uh, communism will never disappear. As long as we have people who dream of uh, um, a utopia where they don't have to work, they just get your neighbor's stuff, right? You get handout from the government, there will be communism. As long as there are people who think they are God and they can tell the rest of the society how to live their life, they will be the one to organize society, communism will be there. So that is something we have to, it is like a COVID, it become a common code. Going nowhere, it will be with us. We just have to always, always be aware and fight back. Hmm. There's no okay. easy solution. We are here today, my God, I can't believe coming here in America. Now everyone, most of the people think like a, when, uh, uh, like a communist. Hmm. It's just amazing. They, they, they absolutely just, of course, equity. Of course, we don't want racism. No one wants racism, but they don't realize that is a weapon that the left use. To yeah. control us. Well, I, I think then, that the, the racism or let's say transphobia is another hot term. Um, those are those are moral, per, interpersonal, relational values. To end somebody thinking the wrong way is to give mm -hmm. the state or somebody else the power to change somebody's thinking. There, it, it's it's not just hubristic, but it's. Um, it's not just the hubris that you think you could end racism or end discrimination. That's that's hubris in itself, but it's also laying the groundwork for a totalitarian regime whose job is to interfere with people's conscience. People yeah. should have freedom of association, freedom of thought, that you can think whatever you want. I disagree with you, and here's why, and I think that the way that you think is not it's not conducive to a healthy life, and we can talk about that. But to say, well, I, I, I need to change how you think, and I'm going to use the power of the state to change how you think, that's where, that's where it flips over. And that's where the loss of, of humility and trust in other people's ability to come to the conclusion or go through the developmental process of, of evolving in their thinking is, yeah. or it fails. Thought control, thought control. If you, if you ask me, to summarize communism, it is a power and it's a control, not just your body, but your mind. Yeah. Mind. They want to control our mind. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of the benefits that you've received since embarking on this uh, this career as an influencer, a patriotic yeah. influencer? What are, what are some of the fun, fun things that or interactions oh, or things. My connections. God. Yeah. I have no idea when I uh, uh, when I went to the school board, and I thought I just did something, you know, as a citizen, you know, that's my duty to go there and voice my concern about where um, the schools and uh, you know school board was doing to our schools. And since then, you know, I have been invited and uh, and going to places, meet people. And it's just amazing. It was an amazing journal. I meet you. I used to watch you a lot. And now I'm talking to you. So, and I'll, of course, of course, by going and to places and talk to people and make them realize that, that this is absolutely history repeating. And I have so many people told me, either online or in person, that they have no idea about cultural revolution. And now they know it. 
and then they realize they see it. They see it. Yeah. 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 And what have you, I guess this is a kind of a part of your assimilation journey because you mm -hmm. came through and you went through and, and with your husband, you talked through, you, you went through the process of learning about your assumptions and, and engaging with the freedom of thought, freedom of speech. And then you, you acted from your conscience at that school board meeting. And mm -hmm. now you are, you're being shuffled around America. What are you seeing I, I, I'm sure that you're now like meeting Americans across all these different uh, socioeconomic levels, classes, races, all that stuff. Like, what are you learning about America? And how can you can you show us reflect America back to us? Like, what do you see going to all these meetings and, and having all these uh, interactions with all these people? What are you seeing about us? Yeah, I, I did notice uh, something, especially um, with young people. And most of the places that go, some kind of a Republican um, organization, most of them just, you know, older people, like gray. That's the color you see. It's, a, you know, <laughs> like my age. And but I, from time, from time, because they they did not, they their education and was not uh, 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 tainted with uh, Marxism. So and and, I, and sometimes I will see young people. I see more and more young people, which is very encouraging. I always talk to them, and just tell, just please tell me, how come that you survived the indoctrination from uh, um, from uh, public school uh, and from uh, university, and two things, and they always tell me, and there's no exception, um, church and family. Okay. But that is exactly what the left are trying to destroy. And that's, I have, uh, I had two chapters talking about family and talking about faith. And uh, so, hmm. so if we want to build back, as you said, how do we do it? You know, cut the head off. What I say, two things to build back America, we have to build back the church. We have to build back the family, and so church. You know, nowadays, church are so divided. There, some are woke. They're everywhere, right? You can you can go uh, and see uh, um, um, in a in a urban area. You can see church with a BMM flag with a pro Palestinian or rainbow or trans. Uh, you know, those are woke churches, right? And there are some other churches. They say. We don't want to get involved in politics. We just don't want to touch it. So we just pretend nothing was happening outside the wall of the church. Mm. And then only a few, I think Charlie Kirk said, probably 15% of the church are actively engaging, fighting against the, uh, uh, the woke ideologies. Yeah. So if we lose all the churches, yeah, it's over. It's absolutely over. And the other is family. And I would think family is also has uh, directly uh, built on the face. You know, so many families are broken up. I'm telling you, just like the Cultural Revolution, and this is very personal as well. We see so many families now fighting with each other, right? Because of the politics. And uh, um, and the, the right now, it's, especially with trans, uh, uh, transgender ideology, they actively tell the children to uh, 
to uh, uh, cut their ties with parents. The state already stepped in, just like China. They become the parents. So they have to destroy this too because they spent so much time and they have made su such success in destroying this too. That's where we're today. To build this uh, America back, we have to build this too back. We have to build back the church. We have to build back the families. You know, um, so that, that's a that's a political hot topic because um, there's this boogeyman or this specter of uh, fascism that, um, that people call um, Christian nationalism, right? Yeah. And like, what what if the state imposed Christian values, you know? Yeah. And um, and so it's kind of a scary thing. Like, and and part of our it, it's a it's a contradiction because part of America's founding is the freedom of conscience to choose your own mode of faith. Um, so I don't know how that is. It, it can't be. It, none of this. None of the solutions to this is top down. All no, of it no. is 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 bottom up, and one of the ways that I see thinking of it now, that faith can become again a part of the fabric of our nation, is through. I and family, they both rely on a sense of duty and humility. That my life is made valuable in service to others, and so. I take on the burden of being a family guy or a family man, and I chain myself to a wife and children, and I I, I humble my own, I, I sacrifice my own pursuit of happiness for something, for a greater cause. And through my sacrifice, I, I gain uh, connection, ownership, meaning, stability, and then I start to realize that my actions, my, uh, my contributions to society, in order for society to be mine, I need to serve society. I need to be a part of that. I need to be engaged. And so faith, I think, will come out of that and also help people to navigate that because it is a great sacrifice of our personal freedom, ironically, to have a family. Um, it's, it's a great sacrifice of our momentary pleasures to, to, to have a child and to give my give of myself to other people. And so faith helps us with that. And then also that gives us faith in a way that, that changes that. Yeah. It, it remolds us into the values. So in order for this to actually work out, and I think this is kind of a, the call to action or a challenge to America. If, if Americans want America to remain America, they have to make a choice between momentary pleasure and, the greater good. And they have to make a choice between an ideology that puts themselves at the center of the universe or an ideology that says you are a part of, you're a part of the universe and your job is to serve the universe. Right. And that's kind of, you can say that that's a Christian value set, but that's also, it's, it's in many different religions. It's not just a Christian yeah, value. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying uh, about Christianity is that we're going to uh, uh, we're going to save America, right? All, uh, all this conversation we have is how to save America. And what is America? Why I want to come to America? Why did I want to go to somewhere in another country, which which is not communist? There are many, or which are not really communist. Why do I want to come to America? I want to come to America because of the freedom. But where did the freedom come from? And that is what make America America. And I think that is 
the, um, um, I, I did describe it and talk about it in my book. And that's my understanding that America is not a Christian country as, as a theocracy. America is built on the Christian principles. Those are the things I'm talking about preserving. When those are gone, all freedom is gone because uh, that is uniquely Christianity. You cannot find that, that, that we are all created by our creator and our rights of not from the government, but from our own creator. And that's something so alien to the rest of the world, to China, definitely. It's always from the ruler. It can be an emperor, it can be the CCP. And that people never even think about that uh, our rights are from, from uh, our creator. That is uniquely Christian. And that's how we built this country. That's how that America attracted people from all over the world with all sorts of faiths can be here and, uh, and, uh, and keep their faith and be prosperous. It's because of this. And so that's why I'm talking about Christian nationalism. I believe there's so much talk about it. I believe it is, it's part of the globalist um, tactic to create, uh, to uh, really, it's a, it's a trap, you know. Are you a Christian? Are you, are you, are you, do you love your country? They put it together and they name it like a ultra right um, totalitarianism. Yeah. But if you read, if you read and, uh, and listen to them, they do say that they want to make America a Christian country, meaning a theocracy. And that's the danger. And but that is also the it, it is that's the gift of the right the, of the left. They absolutely they um, weaponize words. Yeah. They weaponize language. Yeah. Right. They 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 present it in such a way now no one can say oh I I, I many uh, people on the right deny their Christian uh, nationalism which is right but at the same time you deny. Christianity and you deny patriotism. Yeah. So we're in a very, very wow. um um the situation is very muddy. It's never clear that we have a uh we have a clear uh, enemy we're fighting. It's they lay traps everywhere. Yeah. And that's communist. They they're so good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether I describe it uh, but no, that's it how I feel. No, it's, it's, it, no, you're you're absolutely right. That's why they can come out with the articles about plagiarism being a right, a far right dog whistle. If you're talking about plagiarism, is like okay, but 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 it's also the desperate. It, they're desperate, but they're also they're also being honest because they just copy and paste. All they do is copy, like like they're a bunch of monkeys. Like they don't have freedom of thought anymore. They all just regurgitate the same ideas over and over and over again and, and do the same, like whoever the party says, we're going to start using this language. We're going to capitalize the word black, but not white. And everybody yeah. just has to do it. You know, the Associated yeah. Press is perfect because they, they give these style guidelines, which are just like they're they're just the regime telling you yeah. how to think, what, what to say. Um, so being aware of it. And I wanted to pressure you a little bit. So you believe in these Christian values, but you say you're not a Christian yourself. 
No. So you can Not have you. these values, you can agree with these values, you can resonate these values, but your faith itself is something different. You still have freedom of, uh, or you're just, you're honestly, you're not a Christian, but you want Christianity. There's a, there's a tension there. I know, I know. I, I, I think that's what I said earlier. I think I'm a cultural Christian. Yeah. So I absolutely um, accept and, and believe in those values. Um, but to be a Christian, there is a leap of faith, and I'm not there yet. But I totally understand uh, the difference between a being, an America is a Christian country and the difference between call America a Christian country or a country built on the Christian principles. Okay. And I believe that's the latter. Yeah. And because of it, you can really, anyone, you can believe in whatever and you can survive, not survive, you can thrive in America. That does not happen in any other country, only in Christian countries, especially in America. So hmm. that is because this is not a Christian country, but a country built on Christian principles. Hmm. What's coming up next for you? What, do you? what are you looking forward to this year? What's on your docket? Yeah, you know, the reason I wrote a book is because um, I can't really tell the whole story by uh, going and you know to a speech in the 40, 40 uh, uh, minutes there and uh, and then 30 minutes there and five minutes here there were. So I decided I have to write a book. I got to, I have to. there's no choice uh, to tell the story in a book. okay. And then I can tell it of course in more detail. but even that book, I have to tell you, even that book, can't tell the whole story. There's so much to tell, and there's so little American know, and then there's so many, so much they need to know. So um, actually, you know, um, my uh, editor cut off two chapters from the book to make it uh, not, not too long. So even the, I lose two chapters, so much to say, and so much to educate. Uh, the Americans. So I think uh, my next step is uh, I'm preparing uh, maybe to um, start a podcast or, or something to continue to tell the story. And uh, there's just, uh, and you know, this is the truth. When I was in China, you have to study uh, um, anywhere in a public school or in university, you have to take this uh, class called politics. Basically, it is uh, the CCP. Uh, history, and which is nothing but lies. They're just nothing but lies. I hate it. I hate it so much that after I came here, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about con uh, cultural revolution. I did not even tell my own family here uh, of my experience because it's something I'd rather forget, right? I'd, and uh, so since I started speaking up, I started to to learn about um, the history of the CCP. And I was just shocked. I was just shocked how much I was lied to. And and, and, and uh, with all the things, even though I experienced, I witnessed a lot, there are so many more stories that shocked my, me. And I think I want to tell the Americans. And that's where we're going. That's the direction we're going. So I, I will continue to tell the story. And I think probably, you know, Twitter has turned out to be a great platform. And uh, um, but I think probably a podcast or something like that. I will continue mm -hmm. 
to tell them. Just two days ago, I'm telling you, just two days ago, actually, it's just yesterday, I found out something. I was like, what? Okay, so I in his uh, in the uh, um, history book, or you go Google, the uh, Chinese Communist Party was founded in 1921. Okay, everybody supposed to know that, and that's what I was told. And uh, and in the first Congress, and Mao was among those uh, people who present in the uh, in the meeting. So he was supposed to be the founder of the uh, CCP. Learned yesterday. Lie. The Chinese Communist Party was founded in 1920. Eight people uh, appeared in the first Congress. Mao was not one of them. So they changed the history and then changed into the the uh, the meeting when Mao appeared. That was uh, 1921. Things like that. Things like that, I, I did not even uh, wonder turned out to be lie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how big a deal it is, but to me it was like a, all these years I found out yesterday. Yeah. By reading a, a, a book about uh, about Mao's. Yeah, it reminds lie, me of lie, that lie. 1619 project, which is again a regime. Oh. It was yeah. a regime propaganda piece that they put in yeah. all the schools. Yeah. So actually, uh, America was founded on slavery. So yes, let's let's yes. tell the story of America founded on slavery. Yeah. That's where we're going to base everything on it, which is great because if you can convince everybody that America was founded on slavery, then you can just say, well, it's, we're still, you're everybody's a slave of America. And then you turn everybody into slaves because it's founded on And slavery. also, you just, uh, this this, uh, uh, this system is evil and need to be uh, totally yeah. dismantled. That's where they, okay, the communists, they rewrite, they erase history, they rewrite history because they want to control you. And uh, so uh, we are really, we really witness this happening. We are witness people rewrite history right in front of our eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you did do a podcast, or if you are going to do a podcast, would it be? Um, do you have any ideas of how it would be? Like it sounds like you're just designing it right now. Would it be a series of interviews with uh, people from China or historians I, or something, I don't or would you know. just kind of go through and tell the story? As far as you um, can, I, I think uh, and everything I do um, is really help people to understand the evil of communism and to tell them the parallels. So I, I have done some uh, uh, some work, and and I already uh, come up with the uh, the very 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 short history of CCP to make it so short that you know people can in a very short period of uh, uh, I think probably to total probably I don't know forty minutes. They can get the clearer idea how Marxist Marxism came to China, took roots, how communism grew and took power, and how it transformed um, uh, China and enslaved the Chinese in a very you know uh, I call it a very 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 short history of of CCP. Yeah. So things like that, and then I, I want to um, really uh, interview. Yes, but interview is a skill. I don't know. Interview people is not easy, but uh, uh, maybe some monologue and eventually some uh, interviews because I do have a lot of uh, interesting people that I know, and uh, I don't know, but uh, just a thought. And yeah. so far, I have been really busy uh, on um, on X. Yeah, yeah, you are. You you just you're tearing it up over there. 
So where can people find your books, uh, your book, Mao's America? Anywhere? Yeah, anywhere books are sold, you know. So I always ask people, if you go to Amazon, make sure, you know, leave a um, um, review. And also read it and share it. And especially um, young people. I, I, if you have young people uh, in your circle of influence, um, share it and, uh, and let them know about it. And uh, and of course, follow me on Twitter if you can, and or X. It's X V A N F L E E T. I tweet pretty much every day. Yeah, you do. You like I said, you tear it up, and that'll be linked in the description. Um, was this deep enough for you? Was this fresh? Do we go? I think we so. Go? I think uh, we did talk uh, talk about a lot of things that are um, not like uh, you know what I did, and, and you know like cultural emotion, but uh, I think, yeah, we covered the process of becoming America, I, American. I think that, uh, um, I think we achieved that. Important I, yeah. facet of your story. I, like I said um, to somebody uh, before an interview, the story is never always told, but the uh, conversation always contains itself. Right? You can never tell the whole story, but every conversation yeah, yeah, has its own has its own fullness to it. So that's what yeah. I hope we achieve. I think so, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Z, for your time. I'm going to end the recording now. Um, and again, links to your work are down there in the description. You're one of the most flavorful follows I have on Twitter. Thank you so much for your spirit putting it out there Thank and you. engaging Thank so you. hard in this issue. Thank you. Cool. I'll cut in. I'm sorry. I'll cut in.